start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's going on, everybody? Episode 147 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Nick and Tom are hanging out tonight. They just got out of the woods. Yep. Uh, not much to talk about here. It was a pretty slow night. Yeah. Tom yeah. saw plenty, but nothing saw plenty. Yeah. Nothing, nothing worth drawing back on. Yeah. But uh, tonight, we told you last week that we'd be talking about Alaska, so we got my old man Frank on. Hi, everybody. And he just got back from Alaska, as you know. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, hinting at this episode. So we're going to get way into it, hear about uh, what a successful season you had, what all you killed, what kind of fun you had. Well, fun was... In no, abundance? It was in abundance. That's a good way of putting it. We we had a really, really good season. Good people in camp this year. Uh, I, I mean going to go down as one of my favorite years in 23 years i've uh heard a rumor that we might actually have a few of your clients coming on soon i think so i think they're up for it and uh i think that'll be the first time we've been able to do an episode with with, one of with the guide and some clients so so i'm gonna have to be careful about how much of them i talk about yeah we'll leave their names out yeah i'd much rather let them tell their story than me tell their story but yeah we'll uh We'll, we'll definitely hint around a little bit of it. and I'm sure and, uh, the the, uh, the guide's version of the story and the hunter's <laughs> indulgence well, <laughs> vary a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I think once you get to hear the hear the story from these guys, and uh, you're going to find that we're all very capable of exploiting <laughs> yeah. a little bit of the truth. But, yeah. But no, I mean, you're they they uh, they were just uh, there's some local fellows here that that we all know, and. Uh, and they were just an absolute joy to have in camp. I mean, it was it was just as fun as it can get. Mm-hmm. That's what you're hoping for every year up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they they wanted to be a part of every little and then beyond hunting. They wanted to be a part of everything that happened. Yeah. In the outdoors, I mean, so mm-hmm. it uh, everything that went into running camp yeah, and everything. Yeah. Else. And uh, and unfortunately, um, the plan with them was to have me guide them the whole time, but just as logistics happen sometimes i had uh another client had requested Special me this request, year, yeah. and they kind of overlapped for three days so um uh, so these three brothers had to go and hunt with another guide for for three days and still with the same camp and everything just just, just a little bit north of me i mean an hour up the river yeah and uh which and then, in alaska that's very close yeah that's yeah, <laughs> it's right it was, next door. yeah 30 miles you know yeah <laughs> so but uh but I knew that that particular guy to take good care of them. They had a good experience there, and then uh, then we got to spend the next seven days together. Just well, so I guess this will make it a little bit easier to not tell too much of their story. Um, we can kind of maybe tonight focus on yeah your you camp and correct. several other clients. Correct. We'll, earlier, yes. Yeah, so. we'll talk about the other clients I had, and then by the time I got 
you know, our local fellows here, uh, their hunt was basically over as far as the animal that they came for. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we got to go and, and do some Enjoy some, some mock stuff. hunts and uh, and share a hunt with another client and do some fishing and. Which I, mean, I never realized that you did offer, or maybe you don't have guys that are interested in it, but the mock hunts. Well, um, I, I only I, I typically don't, but. Uh, we had days to kill, and uh, you know they were talking about coming back and and uh, maybe doing a moose hunt. And I said, "Well, we'll take you out. We'll show you how it works, and you know, give you a quick rundown." Obviously, you're not going to be allowed to shoot anything, but yeah. but you can get a feel for what to what to expect. At least stuff. see some right. other stuff. Yeah, and uh, so it was kind of fun, just you know, showing them how just the ropes, how things work, and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So and. Uh, and as luck would have it, we even got to talk to a bull for about 20 minutes. That's so, cool. Yeah. Very cool. So it really kind of got them wound up about coming back and, and mm. truly going moose hunting, you know. So. Really selling the next year's hunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what it'll be but, like next year. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because, it, you know, like I said, we had time to kill. So I was like, well, you know, maybe tomorrow we'll, we'll get up and I'll show you what a typical moose hunt's like. And they're like, oh, that'd be great. We'd go out and maybe see a moose. I'm like, no, typical moose hunt where we'll go out, we'll walk around for four or five hours, we'll call and look for moose, and you won't hear a dang thing, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a typical moose hunt. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not like every time you walk out there, one comes charging out of the bushes at you. Yeah. But but like I said, as luck would have it, we actually did get to talk to a bull and nice and we never got to put our eyes on them but it was enough Mm -hmm. it was enough to to get a feel for it and and enjoy it probably get them excited oh yeah everybody got to hear the animal rake hear them banging on the trees hear them grunting stuff like that and that's an experience in itself i'm sure yeah absolutely so Mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was kind of fun so how uh, did your real moose hunting go this year should we start with bear because it's yeah you would all right we can yeah we'll start with the bear season season. early Uh, bear season our early bear season there so that uh in our camp uh you know up there at alaska elite outfitters uh i'm kind of in the what we call our k1 camp because it's the mouth of the clutus back creek and uh the other guiding camp is clayton schlitt uh you heard us talk about him last year he took whitey and i gator hunting and mm-hmm. you know he's, okay i guess i didn't make that connection but that's yeah. i remember yep. it was a guide you Same worked guy, with yeah great okay great guy i mean young younger fellow i mean everybody's younger than me anymore but <laughs> but uh but really good hunter good woodsman good camp guy i mean good with the client i mean just everything you'd want a guide to be in because yeah, you guys have to be almost entertainers at the same time oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely absolutely it's not gotta, as simple hosts entertainers guides you're playing mm-hmm. a lot of suits or yes. wearing a lot of hats if you yes. would yes so our first he had a bear hunter the early season and i had a bear hunter the early season uh clayton's guy was a rifle hunter mine was a bow hunter and uh as and don't know if i'm gonna say as luck would have it uh and you know, but only you know, luck comes with effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clayton and uh, and his hunter killed a bear the first night. I mean, so they hunted the morning, wow. went back that night, and, and and killed a really really nice bear, a nine plus foot wow. foot uh, brown bear. So they got things off to to a bang right out of the gate, and uh, and like I said, it was it was a really really nice animal. So and then uh, I spent the next uh, all my ten days hunting and. Uh, with the bow hunter and we had a couple of close calls with bears that uh we just couldn't make anything happen uh, we were kind of with you and your bow hunting you're kind of sitting everything's close quarters and stuff and twice we had bears come in on us that busted us before we could 
lay mm-hmm. eyes on them. Well, you really limit your range oh, without uh, a doubt. with a bow. Without a doubt. And a lot of the stuff where, you know, when we're bow hunting, we're sitting on fishing holes and, you know, travel corridors where the bears are coming through to try to catch some salmon and stuff like that. So a lot of times you're just sitting on the high bank or sitting in the willow patch waiting for that bear to step out where you can see him. And we just, we had a couple of cases where the bear came down the same high bank we were sitting on instead of out across the flat where mm-hmm. we would have had a good shot. And, and uh, he kind of notified us with a jaw pop and a busted <laughs> stick and took off and left us sitting there, you know, staring at each other. And then, uh, oh, day nine, we headed for the hills and he was willing to take a rifle and uh, try to kill one with a rifle. I was going to say, a bow in the hills, that'd be quite a challenge. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so we, we ran up way up river about an hour, hour and a half from where we were at and got to the hills and glassed a bear that was about three miles off the river and uh, we took off after him and it was a pretty good hike. I mean, by the time the day was done, we hiked uh, just over nine miles, nine and a half miles, trying to get up to where the bear was. And as luck would have it there, just as we, you know, we had closed the gap to about a thousand yards on him. And uh, that was our last look until we put our our next stock on him. We were going to lose sight of him for a little bit. And as we came around the hillside to where we were expecting to see him feeding in some berry bushes, he just wasn't there anymore. You know, and he'd been there the whole time we were walking out. I mean, mm. he'd move up and down the hill a few hundred yards, but he was always staying right there in that, that patch. So we, we got, got to where we were about 150, 200 yards from that patch, and we could see everything we needed to see. And we thought, well, maybe he's just sitting there in, the, in those alder bushes or something, taking a nap. So we were sitting there. Well, like I said, as luck would have it, you looked down to the bottom of the hill, and in an opening down there, there was a couple of caribou. He'd caught wind of them caribou, and the next thing you know, we see him out there running across the flat, chasing these caribou around. And it's like, well, our day's done. You know, yeah. just, uh, the way the wind was blowing, it was taking their scent right to him. And and uh, I'm sure that was cool to watch the watch oh, him chase was, caribou around. It was, and it was a couple of really nice looking bulls. You know, yeah. so I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was entertaining, but it wasn't the outcome we were hoping yeah, for. So. A whole lot of yeah. work for and, that. Yeah, and by the time you get there, that's kind of. You know, when you when you do those type of spot and spot and stock hunts in the mountains, you kind of get you get one hunt for the day, and then mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, unless you get lucky enough to walk back into something on your way out. Yeah, you're nine uh, miles back. Yeah, well, we were we were about four and a half back. So, okay. You know, then the, in the loop that we took. Oh, okay, I got so, you. Uh, but yeah, but it's it's not like walking on a on a hiking trail here mm-hmm. at home or down the sidewalk. It's it's slow going. You know, you're up and mm-hmm. down hills and you're crossing that muskegee tundra and and stuff so but uh so by the time we got out it was it made for a long day and everybody was kind of ready for dinner so mm-hmm. we uh, kind of called it a night and uh the last day we didn't have any luck there so unfortunately uh, between clayton and i we went uh, one for two on our first season of brown bears this year and but uh, everybody seemed happy we, we got yeah, to I mean- see stuff and when those guys uh, make that decision to take archery equipment, they um, they understand that. You, Boy, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should at least, and I'm, I'm sure you guys, or they know what you know. The person that they went with, a rifle obviously is going to increase your odds. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, and, and just the way you set up, you know, yeah. whether you're, you know, sitting on a fishing hole, or maybe you've got a, a, a moose carcass that you're hunting, a kill site or something. Mm-hmm. Just the way you would set up with a rifle as opposed to the way you would set up with a 
mm-hmm. a bow, two completely different yeah. situations. And, you know, you, you've got that bow in your hand, realistically, you know, I'd like to see a 40 yards. Okay, that's, I was, you know? that was going to be one of my uh, questions coming up was if, what, what you... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll stretch it to 50 if uh, you can show me that you're pretty proficient with it, but... Uh, so is that something you have them do is shoot? If we, yeah, whenever possible. You like to have something, you know, some kind of target that guys can can shoot at with their bow. And uh, but you know, like I so said, when you're 40, 50 yards from that animal, the slightest wind change or shift or swirl mm-hmm. is far more apt to tip that animal to tip the bear off that you're there than if you can sit 100 or 125 yards yeah. with a rifle. You know, mm-hmm. so it's. It just adds to that level of difficulty, mm-hmm. uh, but but as long as the, the archery hunters understand that, it's it's not most so bad. archery hunters do. I mean, they I think so. I really do. Yeah, usually I, I can't imagine a guided hunt for brown bears the first time they've been out with a bow, so they yeah. they probably understand the challenge, and that's why that they're taking yeah, archery equipment is they, they want the that challenge. challenge. Right, right. And uh, I don't know. Not, I get that. I understand it. But if you've never done something, and I don't care if it's brown bear hunting or elk hunting or whatever, you know, I, I've always been of the belief if you've never killed that particular animal that you're chasing, you should try to put as many f- things in your favor as possible. Yeah. So maybe the first time, come out and bring your rifle. Don't get overly picky about that so-called perfect trophy, you know. Find a nice representative of the species. Use your rifle. Get one under your belt. It, you can always come back and and make it more difficult it, the next time. Is it an option for an archery hunter for to have a rifle in the blind? That usually that option is. Does he want to take the guide's rifle? Now that presents a problem too because now he's going to take a rifle that he's not used to. He's going to take it out of my hands. So if he has a marginal a shot. marginal shot, I can't help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore so you know all those things are things you should you know and and we get those guys that you know they want to bring a bow but but if i can i'll use your rifle if i have to well yeah. we're still setting up for a bow shot so you're they're going to be close when this happens right so it's like i said you, you really need to make up your mind if you want a bow hunt or if you want a rifle hunt mm-hmm. you know because it's just two different setups it's two different mentalities gotcha. Uh, so make that decision before you fly out there. and Yeah, if we're rifle hunting tonight, we're going to set up 125 yards from where we want to see something, and you're going to sit there with a rifle in your hand. But Gotcha. And then, like I said, though, but now you're holding a rifle that you're not used to shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, So maybe the eye relief ain't the same on my scope as you would have it set up for. So when you pull it up, all of a sudden you're looking through half mm-hmm. as much Mm-hmm. Back to like you said, putting as many odds in your favor. Correct. You know, you want to, you want something whatever weapon you're with. shooting, you want something that you're very familiar with. Correct. Correct. So, what's what's the effective range? Um, obviously, I know you can shoot longer than you guys probably are on those riverbanks, but what's the ideal shot that you guys are looking for with a rifle for brown bear? That 125 to 150 yards. You okay. Know? And then, like I said, if it shows up closer, that's great. But. But I try to set guys up so that it's that 100, 125-yard shot. Um, most hunters are capable of making a 200-yard shot. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the only shot that's presenting itself, then so be it. You'll, if, you'll if you're comfortable, give them the green light. Yeah, if they're comfortable with it. you know. But if, if that animal shows up at 200 and it's clearly working in our direction, I'm going to told you strongly that. suggest that you we hold him, off. Yeah, let him get closer. <laughs> if he's going to keep coming, let him come. 
So, you know, the closer he gets. Where, so I, I don't know too much about bears and their anatomy. Um, where is like the vitals exactly? Like I know I've heard that they're farther back and I'm just curious from somebody that's been on a lot of bear hunts, mm-hmm. where exactly are you? General rule of thumb. All right. Mm-hmm. That bear standing broadside. Standing? Standing broadside, all fours. Oh, okay. That's all, considered, yeah, not, okay. Yeah, yep. Standing on all fours, broadside to you. Cut them in half top to bottom. Cut them in half front to back. And that's where you want to put your bullet. Okay. You'll mm. clean out both lungs that way and you'll be just fine. So is that the same with black bears too? Pretty much. Yep. So bears in general. Yep. Cut them in half, cut them in half. And, Center uh, mass. Yep. yep. Okay. As what happens, and especially with black bears, because typically when you're hunting them, it's, you know, spring black bear hunt, they got a lot of hair. You know, there could be four or five inches of hair hanging down below his belly. Oh, okay. That if, uh, if you're a little yeah, low. Yeah, if you think, oh, I'll just come up six, eight inches off of the, that hairline. And you're just touching his yeah, brisket. Yeah, now you're just blowing through his brisket. You know, you really need to just cut them animals in half, cut them in half. You know, if you... It's probably if, harder to see, like, a shoulder crease and everything on a black bear too oh all bears bears are very tough to find good focal points to to pick on you know or those flatter haired animals like moose and white tails and antelope and stuff like that even Sheep, elk all you know them. all them you know that hair lays tight to their body you know you can see the the, the anatomy of the animal there so mm-hmm. it really helps you a lot as far as okay i'm just going to slide in right behind that back that shoulder there just behind it and boom i'll be good you don't get all that detail with bears all the time. So, like I said, general rule of thumb, cut them in half, cut them in half. You run your bullet through there, and you'll be just fine. Gotcha. <clears throat> and what's um, your recommended or recommended cartridge for guys that are coming out there? Or, I guess, baseline? All right. What I, what I tell everybody when it comes to picking your weapon, I want you to bring the biggest gun that you are comfortable shooting. And then whatever gun that is, make sure you match your bullet. You know, not so the cartridge the, itself is. The, 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 I'm not the, worried. I'm less worried about the cartridge than I am the bullet. Okay. So if the biggest gun you you feel comfortable shooting is a .30-06, obviously I don't consider that ideal, but I would rather you bring a .30-06 with a 220 grain partition bullet of some sort, some kind of controlled expansion bullet, and properly place that bullet. Then bring a 416 Rigby that you're afraid of and, you know, punch one through the hams with it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what I jokingly tell everybody is there's not an animal on this planet, barring none, that hasn't been killed with a spear. So we don't need 460 Weatherbys to kill a bear. Mm-hmm. You know, we need a well-placed bullet that's designed for the game that you're hunting you know, you're obviously not going to shoot the same bullet at an antelope that you would shoot at a moose. Yeah. You know, so make sure that bullet matches. Bring the biggest gun you, you're comfortable with. And personally, I like to see at least a 300 Magnum. 300 Magnum? Yes. Is the kind of the baseline? Yeah. Yes. But like I said, if, if you can't shoot it straight and you're afraid of it, I've watched a lot of bears die with 30 out sixes. I've seen a lot of moose die with 30 out six. You know. So that well-placed bullet's more important. More important, correct. Gotcha. So, but yeah, so that was our first uh, 
first bear hunt of the season. And then uh, did any of those guys stay into moose? No, no, they okay. they they booked their ten day bear season when that was done. They went out and our moose hunt. Well, we had a couple of days off to get ready for our moose hunters, and then uh, we had our moose hunters come in. And uh, Clayton had a had a one on one moose hunt, and I had a father and son uh, that came into. Both of them have tags. Uh, they no, it was the hunt was mainly for the son who was 13 years old. Wow. Uh, yeah, really nice young man. Uh, very polite, very cordial, nice, nice, pleasant to have in camp. Dad was, you know, you could tell dad did a good job raising the kid, you know, very, yep. very attentive to him. So it was, it was a good deal. Uh, so they had a, a moose and a bear tag. And then if the son got everything he wanted, then dad was going to buy an additional tag and uh and maybe try to shoot a moose while we're or, out here shoot yeah. a moose or a bear depending on what how much time he had left because they it was a combo hunt so they had they got to hunt through moose season and then to another the another five days so they had a 15 day hunt so another four days technically but so we uh we started off uh you know just doing our typical moose calling and moving around and uh early on i tried to set up in places where when i'm calling for moose i got a good chance of seeing a bear and uh about th- oh, three days in we were fortunate enough to have a uh oh about a seven and a half foot bear come by nothing special but uh, for a 13 year old kid for a 13 year old kid you know it's, it's never been to alaska i would assume mm-hmm. no well actually no he uh he had been to alaska before his dad actually lived in alaska for a few years so they weren't uh they weren't strangers okay to to what they were up against but uh, but I think Dad was a little pickier than the son would have been, mm-hmm. and uh, so in this, you know, a legal bear, but not by any means what you know. Typically, we, typically we like to see at least an eight foot bear if you're going to shoot him. But for a 13 year old kid, it's uh, legal. I, I'd have been more than happy to see that young man shoot that bear. And you know, so when the bear stepped out, you know, we didn't have a lot of time to assess the whole situation. It was kind of one of those. He kind of came out, crossed the slough for 75 yards, and moved on through. And, well, Dad was more worried about how big the bear was and what do you think. And, you know, the kid was kind of giving me the look like, I think he's big enough. Just say yes. yes. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to explain to him it's a legal bear. And, you know, it's about this big. And he goes, well, maybe we should wait. I'm like, eh, it's up to you guys, you know. And by the time you're done talking about it, the hunt's over. Opportunity's it, it, gone. Yeah, the opportunity was gone, so. I think the young man would have been happy with it. I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, I think Dad was more worried about it. it Sounding good that he got at least an eight-foot bear, and like I said, you're 13. You're going to get more opportunities. Yeah, you got bear. plenty of time yeah. left. So, but like I said, it was it was good. No one was disappointed in the okay. end, you know. So uh, it was all right. And uh, about that same day, Clayton had his hunter out, and they had called in a, a legal bull. That was mid fifties, but it wasn't a very old bull. It's probably only a two year old animal, very underdeveloped paddles. It Here's just it. laid out really well, so it gave you the spread that you needed to make it legal, but it wasn't a very impressive looking animal. And Clayton's client decided to pass on it, and they got some really good pictures of it. And I, I think they made the right decision mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And 
unfortunately, that particular client went home without a moose that this season. But uh, Clayton did call in another one for him that was really close to league. It was actually a better looking bull, but it was wasn't the laid way out paddles, as nice. Yeah. The way it was shaped, it was. I mean, a little he, bit cho- he you did give him an opportunity. Oh yeah, he had the opportunity, and and he made the decision to pass. Yeah. Not you know, not the guide. The the client made the decision. Mm-hmm. You know, Clayton told him exactly what it was, and you know, based on what know, he told based, him. Yeah, and, and you know, the client was looking. I mean, they had the moose at thirty yards, so they had <laughs> oh, great yeah. great pictures. They had video of it. I mean, it wasn't like it was fleeting they had plenty of chances to shoot it and and discuss what whether or not it was worth shooting or not so clayton told him exactly what he thought the animal was and gave him his best uh judgment of, of all that and and the client made the decision and uh we said it was early in the season and you know we were hoping that uh we'd get another crack at a better one and that kind of goes always goes back to that old adage: never pass up on day one that you, something you'd yeah. shoot on the last day. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But I like I said, all in the end. I mean, the pictures that I saw, I think everything. I think the guy made the, the right choice made, because he would have gone home with an animal, but it would not have been the animal that you envision when you hear a fifty-five inch Alaskan bull moose. It's not. And then when yeah. you saw this one, you'd be going, "I've seen better moose in Newfoundland." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Yeah. Uh it's it, it is what it is sometimes. I mean mm-hmm. and, and you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. So but uh so back to the father and son that I had. We had a fairly quiet first half of the season as far as bulls were concerned. Once in a while we'd we'd hear a couple grunts or we'd catch a rake here and there, but nothing really fired up right away. And then about day five or six, we uh, we were hunting, and it was kind of windy and rainy, and wasn't wasn't exactly the nicest day to be out. But we'd gotten to a spot that I wanted to spend a little time calling, and we'd been there for about a half hour, forty minutes, and lo and behold, we never heard the bull, but he come working his way into us, and he got to within about seventy five. 80 yards, maybe 85 yards. And I'm 99% sure it was a legal bull, but he just never really stepped out and gave us that perfect look at his antlers that I could make a good judgment and say, yeah, he's definitely over 50. And it was crazy because we had several clear shots at his vitals and his shoulder. But never but to look ne- at it. But yeah, he always seemed to have his horns stuffed in a bush some way that I couldn't quite get yeah like i said i mean i could look at one paddle and see it had good length and nice mature look to it and i could see the other one but i just he'd never show me both of them at the same time looking Mm -hmm. at me where i could honestly say yeah take that take that animal so well and like we've mentioned in the past um even if you tell him to shoot and it's under the hunter is still liable still liable so you can't you really can't correct give him i'm pretty sure it's legal yeah yeah no i I, if i'm gonna know it's legal before i tell you to pull the trigger i just yeah how does that work vice versa if you don't give the green light and the hunter takes it upon himself then it's all on him if i tell him yes go ahead and shoot it we're both gonna get dinged but if i tell him no and he shoots it he says i think it's 50 you're full shit (laughs) (laughs) i i actually had a guy tell me that one time (laughs) told me i didn't know what 50 inches looked like 
And he started arguing with me, and the bull just stood there and looked at us the whole time. He <laughs> giving me hell that I don't know what I'm doing. And finally, I looked at him and said, listen, we're going to make this real simple. I'm telling you, it's short. You think it's long. He's standing right there. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know 50 better than me. Prove me wrong. But when it's short, we're calling a fishing game. And it's on you. And it's, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to tell him that I told you it was short. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden... He wasn't quite as confident in himself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's funny. But yeah, it's it's easy to be the guy complaining that uh, you know your guy doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I've only been doing this twenty years. So you're the one that has to make the decision. <laughs> right. well, it's all on you then. Go ahead, prove me wrong. Show me how dumb I am. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, so we were kind of a little down in the dumps there. You know, we had one really close that. You know, we really thought was what we wanted and just couldn't give them the green light, mm-hmm. you know, to, to pull the trigger. So we uh, hunted a few more days, had a couple more little grunts and rakes, and but nothing really got exciting. And then on, I believe it was day nine, we went out in the morning and I got to a spot that I'd been waiting the whole season to get into and hunt. I just, I hadn't gotten to it yet, but I've been putting it off and putting it off because it, it's just traditionally been a spot that I've had a lot of, a lot of answers from over the years, you know, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to wait till the end of the season to go in there and, and start playing around with anything. And we got down in there. Oh, it was actually the second place we stopped that morning because I went back uh, first place I stopped is where I'd heard a bull the night before and he just didn't seem to want to play. So I didn't stick around there. I wanted to get down to this other spot. So we get down there and we walk into where I wanted to sit and I'd make a few calls. And I heard one grunt about as far away as I could possibly hear a moose. Mm-hmm. How far can you hear a moose? From? Well, it, it all depends on the weather conditions, you know, but I mean, you can hear them from a thousand yards. I mean, if, if the weather's right, the wind's right and stuff like that. And, uh, but he was right out there at the limits of my, my hearing. And so I'm sitting there and I, I looked at the client, I go, that was a moose. And he kind of looked at me like, I, you know, he didn't hear anything. And I'm like, so we just sat there for about 10 minutes and I called again and he grunted one more time. And like I said, again, it was hard to hear. And, and Whitey, you've been up there. You know how you got to kind of get your ear tuned yeah, to that sound. Yeah, if you aren't listening to that for that exact sound, sound. you'll hear it, but you won't recognize you it. You won't yeah. actually hear it. But yeah. if you know what you're listening for and you hear it, it's no doubt. Even if it's quiet, you yeah, know what it your is. Your ear knows that's what I'm looking for. The yeah. second time, could you tell was it any closer no it was it was the same thing it was as far away as i could hear but i i had a good direction on where it was so i was like well okay we've he's answered me twice so he's he knows we're here i know he's there the clients are kind of giving me that look like you're just trying to keep us excited (laughs) making up the story oh yeah that's a moose over there Uh, yeah Yeah. it's over there right yeah exactly and i'm like no no really and they're like okay so we're sitting there and and it's easy to get like that because when you go, you know, hunt two, three, four days and, Not and there's thing. nothing but silence, you know, after a while, you, the wishful thinking starts kicking in, you know, and you yeah. just, every raven that flies by and makes a noise, you try to turn it into a moose sound, you know? Yeah. So, but so we gave it another 10 or 15 minutes 
and I made another call, and he grunted twice this time. So now you know he's interested. And, and this time the clients even heard it. So it's like, okay, he's actually... This is real. He's changed his position. I mean, he's obviously he's still way out, but he's clearly moved our way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they heard it, and I was like, we've we, we got we've got a chance here. Something This just might turn into something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there's all kinds of different ways to kill moose. You know? I mean, you can just be running down the river or through a slough and come around a corner, and there's one standing there, and you just got to kill the motor and shut down and... And shoot them. We call them, you know, the old drive-bys. You know, it's just you happen happen to run into one. You know, and then you have the moose, like I mentioned earlier, where you're calling, 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 and he comes to your call, but it's silent. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's still cool. He came, you called him in, but it didn't really give you you the the didn't get the full show. And then you have the moose that comes from as far away as can be, and it just builds and builds, and it starts off with grunting. And then a steady grunt, and then the raking kicks in, and then the thrashing kicks in, and and you get the full money of everything you ever dreamed a moose hunt to be, mm-hmm. you know. So now we got this bull's close the distance. He's grunted a couple times. We know he's moved in on us a little bit. It's still a long ways off. I mean, anything can happen. So again, you know, I wait another ten minutes or so and make a couple more calls, and now. He's really close the distance. I mean, in 10 minutes, he's clearly covered a few hundred yards because now he's broke into this steady, mwah, mwah, mwah. and he's easy to hear. I mean, there's no, no, no doubt in your mind this bull he's is coming. He's coming our way. He's, he's definitely interested. Dad breaks into like 27 questions. <laughs> like, Ixnay the questions. Yeah, we'll Bad. talk later. We'll talk later. You can ask all the questions you want. This is getting too close to break into question and answers time, you know. So he starts a steady grunt now. And uh, we make a few more cow calls, and and he's coming, and he's coming. And then you, all of a sudden you start hearing him. He's starting to hit some trees. and You hear a crash and a crack and a rake. And then he'd go quiet for a little bit, and then he'd fire back up, and he'd come a little closer. And he started to circle to our right a little bit. And the way things laid out, he had gotten himself between two fingers of water. So we were kind of at the point where those two fingers split. So Mm -hmm. as he came down, he he either had to cross. You were going to see him no matter what. We were going to see him no matter what. He got himself into a spot coming at us. That uh, if he tried to circle us, we were going to see him down one waterway or the other. And you could shoot both ways? Oh, yeah. We could shoot both so ways you were for si- a couple that's... hundred yards. Okay. Well, and that's why I picked that spot. It gave us a lot of options. So he's, he's coming, and he's, he's grunting, and he's starting to rake, and he's starting to circle to our right. And then all of a sudden, he goes quiet for a little bit. So about 10 minutes passes, maybe. I don't know, 15 minutes, whatever. You know. It was probably five. You know how that goes. When oh, things yeah. start getting heated up, everything seems a lot longer than what it is. But uh, he went quiet for a little bit. So I broke away from the cow calling, and I made some really soft rakes in the grass. And You some... introduced another bull. Exactly. And uh, wanted him to think there was more than one animal. Now somebody's trying to keep them cows from him, you know. And... That got him going again. Well, now he kind of started circling down to our left. Uh, still coming in, but he's 
strutting pretty hard. Well, he's, I mean, busting every branch he walks by. He's cracking some pretty good-sized trees. And, you know, you, you know he's inside of 100 yards now. Wow. And But it's thick. I mean, it's as, you know, we can see 25 yards across the slough that we're sitting on. You know, so there's 25 yards of water to just a wall of alders and willows that you can't see 15 feet into, you know. So he's he's going to be close. When he... Oh, when he shows himself, he's going to be right on top of us, you know. And, uh, you know, Dad's trying to ask questions again, and I just looked and I said, shut up. Yeah, you got to quit. So now he's just, like, locked down, you know, in panic mode. Has Dad been on a moose hunt before? Yeah. He was actually, they were moose hunting last year. They went moose hunting up the Cantishna River in the interior, and uh, they hunted the whole season and never saw a moose. Okay, so, so that that's probably where some yeah. of this excitement is oh, coming without from. Without a doubt. Okay. Oh, I, and actually, I'm glad to see people that excited. That's what yeah. this is all about. You yeah. know I mean? I, I get excited when these things start playing out this way. You just you know? don't have the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's inside of 100 yards. He's busting stuff. And then he stops. And we're sitting there listening. And all of a sudden, he just kind of roars at us and blows really hard. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I thought he winded us for a second. And I pulled my lighter out real quick, and I double-checked the wind, and we had a nice four-mile-an-hour wind, five-mile-an-hour wind from him right into our face, and it was so there's steady. So no, there's no way. There was no way. But what I did was the way he roared at us, he threw this blow on the end of it, which made me sound like – felt like me like I thought maybe he winded us, but it wasn't. It was just the way he finished that roar. and Just a very and, aggressive – Yeah, roar. I mean, I've only ever heard maybe – four moose over the years that actually start roaring at you and it's it's really cool when that happens i mean it's a rarity and and then uh yeah i raked a little bit more and and he just started bulldozing and all of a sudden about you could just start to see some antler tips you couldn't really see him and he hit this old dead cottonwood tree and blew it right over 25 feet the, the moose is right you saw the tree go down through the branches and just collapse and about six spruce grouse come flying out of there. I mean, it was like something out of a cartoon, you know? Yeah. And he stopped right there, and he roared at us again. I mean, and really. He's pissed. Oh, he was mad. I mean, he was really getting into it. And I was like, oh, that's all that first one was. He, was, he wasn't blowing at us. He was just roaring. Letting was, you know he's pissed. Yeah. So so now I'm, he's close enough now that I'm going silent, mm-hmm. you know? Because you don't uh, want him to pinpoint. Well, he, exactly. oh, he, no, you know, he had us pinpointed okay. the first time he heard us. It's, okay. it's amazing how well they. Because like turkeys, and I know you've made the, the uh, comparison mm-hmm. roughly, yeah. um, but turkeys, they get like a ballpark. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I say ballpark, you're, you're talking like a 60 yard yeah. circle, yeah. but now, it's amazing how often they'll show up within 25 yards of you when they come in silent. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you'll look, and they're—I mean, literally—standing there next to you. They had you pegged right from the gate. When you're interacting with a moose like that, is there any indication on how mature the bull is based off how it's acting, or is it just waiting to see what he looks like when he shows up? No, there there is. When when you get an animal that's acting the way this one here was, then they start when I mean, they start busting Roaring everything, and, and and you can hear the size of their paddles when they're raking. You know, if it gets that tingy, scratchy sound. It's probably a smaller bull, but you'll hear like an echoey, like thud. thud. Yeah, it's a exactly. It's a really deep sound when them big bulls get those horns. So you were at this point with 
the way he's reacting, you knew that I'm, it was probably a mature I'm 99% bull. sure before I even see this animal, this is going to be something we want to shoot. You know? So about the time he knocks that tree over and the spruce grouse all flush, I can just see tines. You know, I can't get a good look at the paddles, but I can just see the tines. And I could tell it was real mature looking critter. And he kind of did a little hook to our left and was coming back across in front of us. And when he turned the one time, I couldn't see him, but I could see both paddles. And I knew right then that he was going to be, you know, pushing close to 60 inches. I didn't think he was going to hit 60, but I knew he was going to be close. And, so uh, you at that point at that deemed point, it's a legal I, I, bull. Yeah, I told, I told the young man, I said, you first chance you get to kill this bull, you need to put a bullet in him. And he come through and he stopped about 10 yards into that brush just you know across the water from us and you could kind of see pieces of him but no trouble seeing his horns and he's standing there and he's just kind of holed up there and you know and i hadn't made any noise now for a little bit and he's just locked down and he's staring at us and he knows where we should be he knows he should be seeing a moose moose. but he doesn't see a moose you know and i even looked at the kid i said can you get a bullet at him and he picked his gun up real easy and slow because we were we had some stuff between us and him so we mm-hmm. were kind of hidden and he looked through a scope he's like i don't have a good shot and kudos to this 13 yeah, year definitely. old kid yeah. you know he said i don't have a shot and i can hear dad hyperventilating yeah behind me i mean he is literally <laughs> you know he is so excited he is coming unglued and I've, all i can think is this moose is going to hear him yeah and this is going to be over and i'm sitting there and we're kind of at a stare down, you know, it's like, who's going to flinch next? And I looked back behind me and I had my little, my oil can on a stick. Yep. Whitey, mm-hmm. you've seen him. Oh yeah. And I could just get my hand on it. And I gave a little just in the dirt and you know, my feet behind us. And what are you imitating? It, just just him, something scratching on a tree, you know, a set of antlers scratching on a tree. It's all I'm trying to make it sound like, but it was just one little scratch, just a little. Yeah. You know, one in the dirt. oil jug. Yep. Makes the plastic. Exact, yeah. Plastic. Makes yep, the yep. same sound moose antlers do. Hmm. Yep. It's amazing. And when I did that, he stepped right out for it. He was, oh, he couldn't awesome. take it anymore. He <laughs> stepped out, the kid pulled up and unfortunately the excitement set in and he missed it at 25, 30 yards. Oh. <laughs> racked another oh. one in. Well, he racked another one in and, and then this time he hit it. I mean, he settled down. He hit it. Okay. Uh, his you, dad you, was, and his dad was filming all this too so oh, you made really? my heart oh, yeah. just drop with that first i was like oh my god you just built this whole thing up to miss at 25 <laughs> so dad's filming this the kid shoots camera goes flying yeah. <laughs> the filming is all done at that point and uh kid gets the second shot off hits the moose and the moose kind of moose are funny when, when they get themselves into positions moose don't back up like deer you know they're mm. such a big critter they they'll turn but the, the next step, their step's always going forward. You mm-hmm. know, even when they're turning, there's some, some forward movement in there. And uh, his dad's trying to throw the camera, grab his gun to back his son up, and the kid gets another round in it. So he's got, he's got two. He, the kid's shot twice now, and he hit it the second time. Dad's scrambling for his gun to shoot, and his dad shoots, and I don't know where dad's bullet went. Uh, at that point, I did pull up and shoot and put a, put a bullet in the moose. And then the kids. So they don't just. I mean, obviously, I'm sure each oh, shot's different, but they don't take off like a white no, tail. No, they just absorb stuff. I mean, it's amazing what that 1,500 pound animal will take. And and uh, 
Because I mean, you you've said in the past that oh, and these as are many times guns. as you these can, these are 338s. They're 300 yeah. magnums. They're, you know. And you you've said in the past that if you can make another ethical shot, you keep shooting and putting lead into it until it till falls. it falls exactly. So the kid pulls up, puts his third round, shoots his third bullet, and when he shot that time, it went right behind the shoulder, right through the lungs. I actually saw the air come out of the lungs mm-hmm. through the, through his point of impact. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then at that point, the moose kind of fell right into six feet of water. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. It was dead. Yeah. You know, we, we got tools to take care of all that. So it, uh, there it laid at the bottom of, of the slough we were sitting in, but it uh, it was a good outcome. We Did a, you imagine hearing that off in the distance? Yeah. Just bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but dad, dad immediately, he was jumping up and down, screaming and hollering. He was all excited. The kid was happy. I mean, we we're all excited. Like I said, oh, of it, course. It, it, it's amazing. You wouldn't be in this business if you didn't it's get excited. It's amazing how often I'm more excited than some of our clients. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that, I mean, especially this type of hunt where the moose gave you everything. everything you wanted. You got to watch trees crash. You had a moose that was roaring at you, grunting at you, raking. I mean, the spruce grouse. Like you said, in, t- in 20 plus years. You've only had four or five instances of that roar. Of that roar take place. Yep, yep. So, it uh, it was it was as good a moose hunt as you could ever dream of having. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as moose hunting goes. And when it was all over said and done, I looked at my watch. It was like an hour and fifty five minutes of from build the up. First time we heard that moose to when he landed at the bottom of the river. Wow, so, that is incredible build-up. Uh, yeah, you ain't kidding. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And uh, the official measurement on the animal came out to 59 inches, but he was cupped kind of hard, uh, real cool-looking moose. He didn't have brow palms. He just had these big 20, 22-inch-long daggers that wow. came off the front, and he had like three of those on each side. That Two came kind of forward, and then the next one came up, and... Uh, just a really, really unique looking set of horns. Really cool looking. Uh, so, are you? Um, you ever guess age or anything like that on a bull like that? And I, uh, I don't know if you if that's something you yeah, even look I mean, into. I, I look, we've never really had any of them aged. Uh, I think most of the bulls were killing there. Uh, like that one, there's probably somewhere around a four year old animal. Okay. Because he was definitely mature enough that he wasn't—he wasn't just barely legal. You know, he had good girth to his bases and and stuff like that. But when you look at their teeth inside, their molars are still good and sharp all the time. And you know, I've never killed a bull that had his molars worn down to nothing. You looked at it and said, "That's an old that's an old animal." animal yeah. You know, I think you know a lot of the animals we're killing are that four to six year range, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in there. Uh, some of those. Animals that are just legal are probably three-year-olds, uh, maybe an exceptional two-year-old. Uh, you know, in the case of, you know, like one of the guys shot one that was 53 inches this year, and his paddles weren't any wider than my hand. I mean, I'm sure that was a two-year-old animal. It just laid out right to, to mm-hmm. get the spread, but it's really not what you think of. When you think of Alaskan moose. Of Alaskan moose, correct. So... But so, yeah, so that kind of ended our moose season. Uh, you know, Clayton had had a lot of success with talking to animals, saw a couple animals. Uh, they just weren't fortunate enough to to get a, get a good mm-hmm. legal animal in front of them that the client was willing to shoot. And, uh, 
that was kind of the way our, our moose season ended. And then uh, then we had our friends here from McCain that came up. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we had mentioned earlier, we had a little overlap with uh, when their hunt came in, they had requested to hunt with me as well as this father and son had requested to hunt with me. But there was a three-day. You were already with them. I was so. already with them. There was a three-day overlap. So I kind of had to send uh, – the other guys, our, that, the, yeah, our, the local our, guys. Our local fellows there, and like you said, we'll get to them yeah, you know, in yeah. the weeks to come and, and hear their whole story. I had to send them up with upriver with another guide who I knew would treat them really well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I even joked to them and said, listen, you're going to go up with Ralph, and you'll, you'll go kill your bear, and then you'll come back, and we're just going to have fun when you get back. <laughs> and lo and behold, if that ain't the way it worked out, you know, on day two, <laughs> on day two they, uh, uh, Tim shot his bear, and, and then uh, – they came down and, uh, you know, this father and son left and uh, we got to spend the next seven days together and just just doing all the things you'd ever want to do in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to stick around for Clayton's other client who came in for a late bear hunt. And, well, Clayton was hunting his ass off with his client and you know trying to kill a bear we were out fishing and you know <laughs> sightseeing yeah, sightseeing <laughs> and showing them what a moose hunt's like and you know i took him and you know the one morning we got him said hey, i'm just going to take you out on a we'll go out and do a typical moose hunt so if you come back you have an idea what to expect you know so there's yeah. the three brothers there and they're like oh that'd be cool we'd go out in here see a moose or something i said no a typical moose hunt we're going to get up we're going to have breakfast mm. we're going to go out in the rain and we're going to call and get cold and wet and spend four or five hours out there and and not hear a thing. I said, that's a typical moose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look at him go, this is the exception is when something happens, you know. Yeah. So, but they kind of laughed. I mean, they got it. I mean, and, but we happened to get up the one morning and we went out and I just kind of showed them this is how we do our moose hunts and stuff like that. And, and wouldn't you know, the very first place we stopped, we had a bull raking and grunting. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got to listen to that for 20 minutes and stuff. And, you know, and he had some cows over there. And, and we never got to see him or anything, but they got a good feel for yeah how moose hunting worked you know and it was exciting you know their their first time out there doing something like that and they got to listen to a a, a nice mature bull yeah you know tending to his cows and stuff so Mm -hmm. i'm excited to hear from them and hear their whole story yeah that'll be fun having them on oh it it will they because they they said they were just fantastic to have in camp and Mm -hmm. uh they helped me put up tree stands and we were cutting firewood together and we were fishing for salmon and grayling and char and dolly varden and we did some pike fishing we went and found a really good pike fishing hole close to our k1 camp and then clayton's client was gracious enough to to let them tag along uh the one day when we went to the mountains i I won't interrupt you but i want to hear most of their story from like i don't want to get too far into their whole trip all right so then i'm we're gonna have them on i'm sure i'll just let you know that that you know it was getting towards the end of Kevin, this other gentleman who was hunting with us, who was fantastic guy to have in camp, uh, he was going. They were going. Kevin or uh, Kevin and Clayton were going to head to the mountains one day and and do a mountain hunt. And uh, like I said, Kevin was gracious enough to let uh, the Weaver brothers tag along and and go climb some hills and and see that whole thing. And and uh, there's a there's a whole story behind that, and yeah. we'll save that for yeah for later. But it was it it was a ball, just a ball. So yeah, that's good. It, uh, but yeah, it turned into one of the one of the my, one of my favorite for. seasons. I mean, that's even awesome. though uh, 
you know, I've had years where more things were killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as enjoyable hunts and the crew that the you people had. The, i mean we had good activity even though some of it didn't result in a dead animal mm-hmm. you know we had good hunts on a regular basis and yeah. things things really went very very well i was very pleased i think we kept everybody pretty happy mm-hmm. awesome uh, for aeo in general we I think we killed 10 moose uh this season and seven bears this fall so very successful year Mm-hmm. As far as that goes, uh, a lot of very happy campers, you know, all up and down the rivers. And Whitey can tell you, there's, we got camps over 150 miles of river all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so. I always, one of my favorite photos you guys get each year is at the end, and you get everybody from all the camps together laying out all those moose. Yep. Yeah. It is, to me, is one of the coolest photos. We get them. Uh, we, got, we got one this year, too. Mm-hmm. I'll have to show it to you. Yeah. So, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely makes for a cool picture. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. no, good year. If you need something to sell uh, Alaska Elite Outfitters, you can show them the <laughs> repertoire every year. Yeah, you guys year just, after year. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we do we, – we're far ahead of the state average on guided hunts. You know, yeah. We're, we're, like I said, don't, don't think this is 100% guaranteed hunt. It's not. It's real hunting, Yeah. real heartache, real excitement. Uh, it's all there. But uh, but the efforts made to you guys have some very experienced guys yes. on the river yep. and no we, we like I said we do a lot better than most yeah a lot better than most so it uh, good time it got me excited about going back this spring mm-hmm. so it's a uh, spring brown bear right is what you'll be going be spring, back for yep spring brown bear in May so good deal can't wait mm-hmm. can't wait yeah we can't wait to have you back after that one I'm sure it'll be another. <laughs> Wild and successful yeah. hunt. Yep. Well, I told you, I'm going deer hunting tomorrow night, and I'm going to kill something. Yeah, so. I'll well, believe that we, when I see keep it. Keep your flashlights we, uh, handy, boys. We're going to need <laughs> an episode for next week unless somebody else steps up. So I yeah. um, appreciate you coming yeah. on and telling yeah. us about Alaska again. I, no, my I pleasure. living, you know, through these stories and stuff. I, I need to get to Alaska someday, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's tough. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's not a cheap date going up there. I told, I did tell Frank, I'm um, finally at a position with work that I have some decent amount of time off. Mm-hmm. Um, I may offer my assistance just in camp. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. Frank said, it sounds like they can always use another person oh, in yeah. camp to, I, I'd love to be a packer, mm-hmm. um, cook and do all that stuff. So maybe we're always short on cooks and packers. Yeah. Um, it's tough, tough to find. Yeah. I'm not a guide by any means, but I'm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love to go and just be a part of it. So, well, We'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So, right. well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yep. thanks for coming on, Dad. We appreciate it. All right, and uh, like I said, I think I think everybody will enjoy listening to the Weaver Boy stories. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So, I am that. too. Um, and they'll tell you about that last bear hunt. <laughs> I'm sure they will. It's, I'm interested. I haven't heard that story yet either. So yeah. we'll I'm keep just it as that excited. way. I'm not yeah. even going to tell you how. And, it I, and I won't. Out. I won't ask them. You know, I'll mm-hmm. probably see them before we have them on. Mm-hmm. So I won't even ask about that. Um, Very good. But with that said, uh, deer season's in full swing, so, you know, make sure you guys are all getting outside.